Thanks for joining us in this week's podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. God bless. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our online service for Sumalong Baptist Church. We're so glad you've chosen to worship with us. You know, it's been exciting to see that we have people from all over the world watching our services. Uh, this last week, we had people from England, uh, Pakistan, the United States, the Middle East, and uh, we're just glad that you're here with us. So if you don't mind, just comment down below, hey, we're watching from here, or I'm here, or something like that, or hit the like button. We are excited that you've chosen to worship with us today. We're continuing in our series on unshakable hope, and today we're going to be talking about our defeated enemy. You know, when you think about this world, it's not difficult to tell that there are a lot of negative and evil influences in the world right now. We talk about our spiritual battles a lot because battles are important. They can be deadly and decisive, and we would be wise not to let our guard down uh, during this time. We shouldn't let the boredom and relative calm of quarantine uh, cause us to forget that the enemy is very much still at work. How happy he must be that churches have been shuttered for almost three months. We've had less evangelistic outreaches than we normally do, but praise God, this last week, we got to see eight people receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So God is definitely still at work. It's caused, this quarantine and this pandemic has caused many of us to be fearful and to interact less with people. But the lost need us to be salt and light in this world. They need us to stand up for the truth and to stand up for what is right. Our brothers and sisters in our church and around the world need us to function properly as the church so we can encourage one another. The danger for us is that we would be lulled into complacency, an attitude that would cause us to say that church or face-to-face meetings aren't that important, and we just kind of turn our back on meeting together. Yes, we absolutely need to be careful, and we need to protect ourselves, and we need to practice safety Yet we cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We must not forget that we are in a battle, and this is a spiritual battle that we're in. I was looking up some things about wars and battles this week, and there's a Dutch company called Notagoat, okay? I didn't make that name up, okay? That's their name, all right? And they have uh, done this research that there have been 12,703 battles in recorded history. Okay, some are short, some are long, some are insignificant in the overall war, but some were decisive and ended the wars. Warfare changed greatly in the 20th century, but before that, wars were fought with a code and with a certain degree of honor and with rules. Okay, I want us to look at one of those battles that was fought on July 21, 1861 in the American Civil War. Max Lucado shares this story in his book, Unshakable Hope. The Civil War had begun three months before this, and this was the first real test for both sides. Uh, this battle is also known as the Battle of Bull Run, but it was fought in Manassas, Virginia. I've always been interested in this battle because I grew up on Manassas Street in Texas, okay? So that's kind of where I grew up on that, on that street name. But anyways, this was just outside Washington, D.C., Okay, the Washington residents believed that their Union troops would easily crush the rebels from the south, and they wanted to witness this victory for their side. 
So what did they do on this Sunday afternoon? They took picnic baskets out with them to the battlefield. They went with families. Some of them went in fine carriages. Some went on horseback. Some went on foot. But they wanted to see this spectacle, and they wanted to see this victory for their side. It turned out to be for them what they thought would be this nice family outing. But this was not a picnic. This was a battlefield with around 50,000 troops that were going to fight this battle. One lady was heard saying, this is splendid. Oh my, is this not first rate? As if she was going to a concert or to a play. Well, there was a stage and there were actors in this, in this role that they were about to do, but it wasn't a play and it wasn't a concert. It was a real battlefield as these witnesses were about to find out. In fact, reality quickly hit the spectators with deadly speed. The pleasant picnic turned into a horror show with the sound of gunfire and wounded soldiers running all around. The people realized that this was a real war. Fathers grabbed their children, husbands called out for their wives, and the spectators were at times overrun by the retreating Union troops because the South won this battle. Some were overrun. One spectator was a congressman from New York who was captured and held prisoner for almost six months. That was the last time spectators took a picnic to a war. As silly as this true story sounds, do we ever make the same mistake as Christians? We're in a spiritual battle every day, but do we act like it's a picnic? Do we act like we're just spectators and we'll watch what everyone else does? No, you and I, if we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are in this battle, this battle of life that we're in. We're going to look at Ephesians 6 in a little while, but it talks to, talks to us about how we need to prepare for these kind of battles. We'll look at that a little bit later. But I want us to realize that we have a real enemy And we are in a real spiritual war with real spiritual battles. And some of you are facing some of those right now in your life. Our enemy is the devil. So let's be clear about this. Let's be clear about who our enemy is. In Greek, uh, devil is diablos, very similar to dagalog, right? The root is diabolin. It means to split. That's what the devil's name means. The devil is a splitter. He's a divider. He's a wedge driver. He doesn't want unity. He doesn't want peace. He doesn't want any of those things that we desire and that we have in Christ. The devil doesn't want any of those things for us. Just like he divided Adam and Eve from the garden, he would like to divide your family. He would like to divide our church. He would like to divide nations. That is his name, and that is what he does. He wants unbelievers to go to hell, and he wants to make life on earth miserable for Christians. Does all this sound like a fairy tale, a spiritual battle, and the devil? Let me give you some some, some scary statistics, actually. 40% of Christians don't think the devil is real. They just think he's a symbol of evil. 19% aren't really sure. Only 35% of Christians believe that the devil is real. Well, let me tell you something. We have a very real enemy, and he is at work in this world, and we need to make sure that we have the proper view of him. Okay, We need to make sure that we realize that the devil is real, but 
he is defeated. Amen. He has already been defeated. The devil is vicious. Don't dismiss him, but he will not be victorious. So don't be afraid of him. If we stand together against him in Jesus' name, we can accomplish great things together. So I want us to look at uh, the main part of our sermon right now, and I want us to look at God's promises regarding the devil. Number, number one, our enemy has already been defeated. Romans 16.20 says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Aren't you thankful for God's grace in your life? Aren't you thankful that he just showers us with his grace all the times? Because we do go through battles and we do go through trials and we are in a war and we need the, we need constantly need God's grace in our life. But the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Satan is already defeated. Look at Colossians 2 verse 15. It says, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them and him. See, there are weapons in this battle. And what, what God does, what Jesus does, is he disarms the enemy so that he has no power over us. We need to remember that in this war that we're in. We also, I want to look at a couple of verses that just remind us where the destiny of the devil and the demons are, uh, and, and, and is. Look at 2 Peter 2 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Uh, Jude 6 also says basically the same thing that hell is the destination of, of the devil and his demons. We need to understand this, okay? Look at Revelation 20, verse 10. Let's kind of look at the end of the story for just a moment, okay? And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they were tormented day and night forever and ever. So let's do a little a little end times theology here for just a minute, okay? We know that the rapture is coming and the church will be raptured and taken to heaven. There will be a seven-year tribulation. There will be a battle at the end of that. And then Satan will be thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That's when Christ will reign during the millennium for the thousand years. But Satan will be released at the end of the millennium to deceive the nations one more time. That will be his final defeat. This is what Revelation 20 is talking about. One day, Satan will will be thrown into hell forever. That is his destiny. We know this. We know the end of the story. And we're on the winning side, amen? That should give us unshakable hope to know even though our enemy is powerful, that we are victorious. Look at number two with me. This is very important for us to remember as Christians. Our God is greater than our enemy, amen? Our God is greater than our enemy, Verse John 4, 4 says this, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than the devil. He's greater than him. He doesn't even compare. Look at Matthew 6, verse 13 in the Lord's Prayer. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the influence of the devil. God is able to do this and he will carry you. He will deliver you. He will make you victorious because he has conquered the devil through his blood and through the cross and through the resurrection. 
He holds the keys to death, hell, and sin. This is our Savior. And here's some things I want you to think about what the devil is not, okay? Because I think sometimes we give him too much power. He is powerful. He's the prince of the power of the air. He is the, he is the prince of this world. He has influence over this world. But here are some things he is not. He is not omnipotent, okay? He is not all-powerful. He is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything, and he can't read your thoughts, by the way. And he is not omnipresent. Those are all things that only God is. God is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent, not the devil. And so sometimes I think we get deceived about that. And the devil cannot read your thoughts. He doesn't know that battle that's raging in your mind. He doesn't know what you're thinking. I was uh, told by one of my uh, my mentors in ministry one time that sometimes when you're being tempted by Satan, you should just say no out loud. Because he doesn't know what you're thinking and just say, stop it. Get thee behind me, Satan. Just say no out loud. Now, be careful if you're in a big crowd of people, okay? They may just think you're talking to yourself, okay? But sometimes just letting the devil know that it's not working. His temptation in our life is not working. I am a child of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Get away from me. Stop tempting me. No, just say it out loud to him because he is not omniscient. He can't read your thoughts. But I want us to get a picture of Lucifer because that's how, that's how Satan started out. That's how the devil started out. And I want us to look at a fairly long passage in Ezekiel chapter 28. And I think it's important for us to realize some things about the devil because sometimes the devil can appear as an angel of light to people. Sometimes the things he does are very enticing to us. Why? Look with me at Ezekiel chapter 28. It says, Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord, you are the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. This is talking about Lucifer. Okay, You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your set and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. Uh, I, you were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were, you were filled with violence in your midst, and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, or guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. This is what God did in defeating Satan. And what was his main problem? It was pride. Be careful about pride entering your heart or entering your mind or ruling your life because pride will lead to all kinds of problems in our lives as it's shown when Lucifer was here in heaven and God cast him down. What did Lucifer want to do? He wanted to exalt himself above God. There is no one above God. No one can do that because God is God, amen? He is ruler of this universe and God cast him down. I want us to see how Lucifer, how Satan was created. Because there are going to be times that he's going to entice you. And never forget this, there is pleasure in sin for a season. Sin seems fun at first. If it wasn't so fun, people wouldn't be doing it so much. But there are consequences for our sin. But Satan doesn't want to tell you that in the beginning. 
He just wants to lure you away for the pleasure of sin for a short time. This is something uh, that we need to remember. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We need to be careful how we live our lives and not to be, not to allow ourselves to be drawn away or to be tempted or to be enticed by Satan. God has already defeated him and God is greater than our enemy. Number three, look with me at this also. We don't have to give in when tempted by our enemy. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Satan is going to tempt you. And you know what? Maybe that's something you face during this quarantine. Maybe that's something that, that that temptation from Satan has just hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you. Can I encourage you today? Can I give you some unshakable hope today? You don't have to give in to that temptation. You don't have to say, well, that's just who I am or that's just how I live my life. You don't have to say that. You don't have to give in to Satan. He is defeated and God will make a way for you to escape. Sometimes you just have to open your spiritual eyes and look for that escape route. You have to make sure that you're, you're following God and not following the temptation of Satan in your life. Look with me also at James 4, 7. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So that's where it starts, right, for us. Hey, just submitting ourselves and humbling ourselves before God. We need to make sure that we do that. But look what it says next. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Really powerful words in Scripture there, isn't it? Just resist the devil. No, Devil, I'm not going to give into that. I will not commit this sin. I'm not going to go against God. I'm going to follow Christ and not follow you. All you have to do, the Bible is saying, is resist the devil and he will flee from you. He will run from you. He will run because we've stood up in Jesus' name. Stop giving in to temptation. You don't have to do that. You don't have to. So how are we going to do that? Let's go to number four, okay? How are we going to stand up to that temptation. The armor of God, number four, the armor of God will protect us from the enemy's attack. Now, this isn't a sermon on the armor, and so we're not going to look at all of these things in the armor, but I want to read from Ephesians chapter six. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm Stand therefore. So we get this picture again. Stand, stand, stand. Don't give in. Don't retreat. Don't just give in to sin. Stand up for what is right. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So this is what, this is what Satan is doing to you constantly. This is what he's doing. He is, he is throwing those fiery arrows your way. He is trying to attack and to attack and to attack and to attack. And he is relentless and he doesn't give up easily. What you and I have to do is we have to take up that shield of faith. You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I hope you have. If you haven't done that, you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today because you won't be able to stand against the devil on your own. 
You need to have that shield of faith. You need to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone today. At the end of the sermon today, I'll give you an opportunity to do, to do that. But we need to make sure that we know that God's word is our sword. And we need to memorize God's word and read God's word and study God's word. Why do we talk about the Bible? Why do I use so many verses in a message like this? Because that is one of our best defenses that we have against the devil is the sword of the Lord, the word of God. Also, don't forget that your testimony can be very powerful as well. We need to live in faith and we need to have the mind of Christ. We need to make sure that we do that, that we have the mind of Christ and that we stand firm in the faith. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Hey, make sure that you are not a spectator in the Christian life right now. I know we've been stuck in quarantine for a while, but don't allow yourself to get stuck in that rut of only being a spectator. God has given us the sword of the Spirit. He's given us the shield of faith. What does that mean? He's given us the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Our feet should be ready to take the gospel to those around us. That means you and I are soldiers in God's army. We cannot be spectators. We can't just not, we can't just take a picnic to this battle. We've got to fight the battles that God wants us to fight. So I want to just focus on three main weapons in our fight against the devil. There's a lot more that we could talk about, but I just want to focus on these three today uh, to make sure that we're ready for this battle, to make sure we know uh, what weapons we have available to us. And first of all, number one is prayer. Number one is prayer. When we pray, we engage the power of God against the devil. It's God fighting for us. Prayer is powerful, amen? Hey, would you, if you believe that, would you type that in the comments below? Prayer is powerful, amen? We've seen that uh, realized in our lives. Look at James 5, 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. We believe in the power of prayer. Amen. We've seen marriages restored. We've seen cancer healed. Uh, you got a job. You prayed for a job and you got a job. How many times have you seen God answer prayer? Once or twice? No. It's thousands of times, isn't it? You've been praying for somebody to get saved and they got saved. You've been praying for our church to grow and our church grew. You've been praying for somebody in your family uh, to get right with God and that happened. God answered your prayer. Somebody type down in the sermon, amen, or prayer is powerful if you believe that or if you've seen that happen in your life. And I know it's true because I've prayed with many of you. I've prayed and we've seen God answer prayer. And it's amazing, isn't it? Prayer is powerful. Look at 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay, so that's really important, right? According to his will. If you're sitting there praying for a billion pesos to fall into your lap right now, that may not be God's will, okay? You may be praying amiss, okay? It's, it's not what God's will is for your life. But when we pray according to his will, and you pray things like, God, mold me into the man of God that you want me to come, become, God, help me to win someone to Christ this week. Lord, help me to be more like you. Bless my family. Bless my church. Those are all things I guarantee you are according to his will. 
And we have this confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We need to make sure that we are prayer warriors. We should pray in confidence because God is mighty and because prayer is powerful. Craig Rochelle says this, prayer should never be our last line of defense, but our first line of offense. We need to make sure that we start out with prayer. We start there and then move forward in faith. Hebrews 4.16 says, again, let us then with confidence, again, confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the times of need. That's the battles that we're facing. Some of you are in that battle right now in your family uh, because of your job, because of this quarantine. You're in a battle right now. What you need to do is pray. You need to pray and cry out to God for help and ask him to fight this battle for you and ask him to, to deliver you from this. Look at Psalm 145, verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. All you have to do is pray. It's that simple, isn't it? God, fight for me. God, help me. God, deliver me. God, give me wisdom. God, deliver me from this temptation. Call out to God. He is waiting to deliver you. Look at Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. I wonder how many of us, we have those battles that are making us cry. They've just devastated us. And it's caused deep pain in our hearts and our lives and our families. Look again at Psalm 34, 15. His ears are toward their cry. Isn't that amazing today? That in the midst of your battle, in the midst of a battle I might face as insignificant as I am in this universe, the God of this universe hears my cry. I think sometimes we forget that, don't we? Sometimes we forget that he's just a prayer away, and sometimes we use prayer as the last resort. Let it be the first spiritual weapon that you use, calling out and crying out to the Lord. Number two is one that I love because I love to sing, but that's not just what worship is. But if you look at the Bible, worship was often used as a spiritual weapon, and I'm talking about singing, okay? When we worship, When we uh, sing to the top of our lungs, when we sing out of pure hearts of worship, it places God in his rightful place on his throne. That's what the devil couldn't do in heaven, right? That's why he was thrown out of heaven. He could not leave God in his proper place. This is what we do when we worship. When our hearts are crying out to God, we put God in his rightful place on the throne. And I think it's interesting as you look at the Old Testament and and you look at at some of these battle cries, because the children of Israel had to fight a lot of battles, didn't they? They had to fight so many battles uh, to take the promised land. They had to fight uh, battles to, to defeat an enemy or get an enemy out of their territory, one that attacked them. They fought so many battles. But look at me at 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21. And when he had taken counsel of the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And they went before the army. So the choir... They were like the Marines going in first. (laughs) They were the ones going in first, and this is what they were saying and say, and it says, and they say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Verse 22 says this, and they sang 
the Lord, as, sorry, as they sang, the Lord set an ambush against their enemies. Not because of weapons, not because of a mighty army. It was all because of the singing, because of the musicians that were going in and saying this, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, if you did that with an earthly army today and said, what did, and if you asked a general, hey, what is your strategy for the, for winning this war? We're going to send a choir in first. They would say you're crazy. But this is not a physical battle that we're in, is it? It's a spiritual battle and the weapons are different. They're not, they're not carnal. They're not earthly weapons. They are spiritual weapons. So prayer is powerful and worship and praise are powerful weapons that we have. In fact, it's so powerful. As you look at Psalm 136, you see the same battle cry, uh, being written by the psalmist here. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. This is an antiphonal psalm, and I, I'm not going to read that whole psalm, but every verse goes like that. It says a phrase, for the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And you say another phrase about God, for his steadfast love endures forever. It's like this battle cry. It's like getting the troops ready. Yes, God's steadfast love endures forever. We need that as Christians. We need to be pumped up sometimes. We need to be encouraged. Hey, that's why face-to-face church is so important sometimes, because we need to see that there are other people around us. And I can't wait for that Sunday and that day, that weekend, when we're going to get to meet together, that's so important because you and I, we encourage each other, even even through the songs uh, that we sing. It's very important for us. And don't forget Paul and Silas in jail, right? Hey, praise lifts our spirits. Praise answers things in our lives. It keeps us going until God answers that prayer that we prayed. Paul and Silas were a testimony to those around us because they gave praise to God. This is the recurring battle cry that we need to have of just singing praises to our God. It is God who fights for us. It is not we that fight for ourselves. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. He will fight for you. But let's look at one final weapon that we have that is powerful, and we need to make sure that we're able to use it properly to help us fight these battles that we're in, okay? And that's Scripture. That's the Word of God. When we use God's Word, it is powerful. It's, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, right? It, it pierces right to the heart of people, and it understands our motives. It, it can give answers to questions in life. Look at 2 Corinthians 2.11. So that we would not be outwitted, outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. This is my point I want to make with this verse. The devil has a plan to derail you in your life. He has a plan to defeat you in your life. And I tell you what, we better know our weapons. We better know how we're going to fight the battle. We better know what our defense is going to be. And scripture is one of the greatest things that we can use in our fight against the devil. Because again, look with me at 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Hey, be in an attitude of prayer. Do your daily devotions. Get in God's word. Be watchful. Why? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone 
to devour. And look at verse 9. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. If you're going through that battle and if you're going through that fight right now, you are not alone. And I think this is something incredible that we get to do together. We get to encourage each other by praying for each other. We get to encourage each other by worshiping together, but we can encourage each other through God's word, right? Isn't it kind of strange. Sometimes we just kind of forget verses are in the Bible, right? We've heard them preached. We've read them ourselves, but we forget those promises in God's word are there for us. We talked about those promises last week. Those promises are still there this week and they are for you. We need to encourage each other through scripture and scripture is a very powerful weapon. Look with me at Matthew chapter four, verses eight through 11. This is when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted, and then he was tempted by Satan. And it says uh, here in verse 8, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. Get away from me, Satan. Just get out of here. Hey, that should be our attitude as Christians, right? You don't have any power over me. God has power over my life. Get away from me. And look what what Jesus says. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then look at verse 11. This is amazing. And this should give us so much confidence and so so much confidence to just stand up against Satan. Look what happens in verse 11. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. God's word is truth. And it's pure and its foundation is sure for us. Use it as a weapon against the devil. No scripture and quote that out loud if you need to. Find it. If you don't know where that, that verse is, look it up. There's so many, so many apps you can use just to look up those verses that talk about what you're, you're facing and the battles you're going through right now. Use God's word as a weapon. Okay. Use it as a weapon. There's a lot of other weapons. I, I don't have time to go to this verse, but Revelation 12, 11 reminds us that the blood of Christ, uh, you know, is a weapon, a Christian fellowship, a godly testimony, uh, just even your testimony, the, the testimony of God, how he redeemed and changed your life is proof that Satan doesn't have power over your life. It's proof that God has power over your life. The devil's doom is certain. God's victory is certain. Never forget those things. And because God's victory is certain, so is yours. You can have the victory through Christ. But between now and the end of the race, this journey of life, this battle that we're going through in life, you will be anxious and worried. You will stumble. And sometimes it might even seem like Satan is winning the battle. But don't worry. We know the end of the story. Stand firm in your faith. Stand on the word of God. Practice praise in your life. Be a prayer warrior. Let prayer be your first line of offense. We are victorious in Christ. Amen. Would you type that in the comments below? We are more than conquerors or we are victorious in Christ. And so the next time you smell the devil, and by the way, he does stink, okay? There's nothing good about him. The next time you smell him and sense him trying to divide and conquer you, remind him of Romans 16:20. The Lord will soon crush Satan under his feet. That is his destiny, okay? Life is a battle. So don't bring a picnic basket to the battle. 
Don't just be a spectator. Use the weapons God has given us and that and the armor that he's given us to protect us. Get in the battle and fight the good fight for the glory of God. Give glory to God for the battles that he's already won and don't give the devil another thought. Hey, have you been facing these battles in your life? Have you been facing some battles and it seems like you're losing? Maybe you just need to call out to God and cry out to God. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are you facing defeat after defeat after defeat because you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You're not a part of the family of God yet. All you need to do is call out to God. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you need to do that right now, I want to invite you to do that today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment from wherever you're watching this? Maybe you're sitting with your family. Maybe you're watching this alone. But if you died today, do you know where you would spend eternity? You can know that today. You can know that heaven will be your home. All you need to do is admit that you're a sinner. Ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you. Turn from that sin and turn to God right now and give him your life. You know, you can pray something like this, Lord Jesus. I've sinned against you. I'm sorry for all my sins, Lord. Please forgive me. Please come into my life. I want you to be my Savior. Please save me today. Please give me eternal life. Christians, right where you are, if you've been facing temptation and you've just been giving in to Satan and giving in to Satan and giving in to Satan and you just give in and give in and you've just lived this defeated life, Can I encourage you with some unshakable hope? It's time to live in victory. We have the victory through our Savior. Amen. Would you just cry out to the Lord? Would you tell the devil no right now? Would you stop giving in to that temptation? Would you draw a line in the sand right now? Would you take your stand for the Lord right now? Maybe some of you, you've just been facing attacks, and it's not about sin in your life, but it's just the attacks of Satan, and it's wearing you down and wearing you down and wearing you down, and you're not sure if you can make it another day. Would you just call out to the Lord? Would you just praise the Lord right now and remind yourself that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever? Would you just call out to the Lord in prayer? Would you praise him? Would you make a commitment to using his word as that sword that you need and taking up your shield of faith so that you can quench all the fiery darts of Satan that he hurls at us? And yes, he is a roaring lion. And yes, he is shooting uh, fiery arrows at us. But we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. We're not on the losing side. We're on the winning side. And his doom is sure. Satan's doom is sure. And our victory is sure in Jesus Christ. Can I pray for you right now? Would you just call out to the Lord and ask him to help you in the battles that you're facing right now? Lord, right now we admit to you we are so weak sometimes. Lord, we do stumble and we fall. And Lord, sometimes it feels like we're losing the battle. But we know we have the victory through you. Lord, we know that greater are you that is in us than he that is in the world. We believe those truths. We believe those promises from your word. And so, Lord, I ask you to fight for us. Lord, we cry out to you in our despair right now. Lord, we need you in this world. There is so much evil happening in this world right now. Lord, we need you. We need your grace. Lord, we want to be your hands and feet. We want to share the testimony of what you've done in our lives with others so that they can receive you as well. So, Lord, we tell you that we love you. 
Lord, we stand firm in the faith that we have in you. And Lord, we ask you to fight our battles for us. Just help us to stay faithful. Help us to stand firm. Lord, we look to you. We cry to you. We praise you. Lord, we put you in your rightful place on your throne. You are king of this universe. And you're our king, Lord. You're our savior. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, again, I want to say thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Do us a favor. Uh, in the comments below, if something spoke to you about the sermon, just type that, type amen or something like that. If you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you type yes below? Just type the word yes, and, and we'll know what that means. If you receive Jesus Christ and realize that for the first time today that you needed to receive him as your Savior, would you type that uh, below, okay? Also, I want to remind you that we've got opportunities for giving, uh, and you can find that on our Sumalong Baptist Church Facebook page, just some ways for you to give. We also will be making some more home visits this week. And if you haven't gotten a home visit from us and you'd like that, hey, let us know through our church Facebook page or call the church office. Our office is now open um, from Monday to Thursday. And uh, so we have people in the office. So if you need something, please call us here at the church office. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Okay. Hey, just want to tell you guys, we love you. We miss you. We look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless you this week as you fight the good fight. I pray that you're victorious through Christ in everything that you face this coming week. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us in this week's podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. God bless.